heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. The 2020 election, first of all, okay? Do you remember when those dates were coming? Oh my God. The, do you remember? Go put your mind back there. Donald Trump is still president, okay? Right? The clock is running out. The time is running fast, right? And we're all thinking something's going to happen. We're all on edge. The entire world's on edge, the planet, right? But surely we are in the business here that reported talking about this. And I was on here oh, every day with you all talking about all this election and the potential fraud and uh, the inconsistencies that were all over the place. And that, you know, well, we got to get it right. We got to get it right. Got to get it right. And I remember this fear in us that, well, there's no way that, you know, Biden is going to be able to take this thing and be the president because it, it, it doesn't seem like it's a reasonable request. I mean, so something's got to give here, right? And we started thinking that way, but then it was these dates were coming fast and the media was pushing and everybody was getting ready for that inauguration on the 20th of January. And But then you had the 6th, which was where the uh, Congress, you know, the electoral votes and they certify all that. And then, of course, they wanted Pence to do his thing and things got really murky. But my point is, I remember the dates coming, the 6th, and then it was a little bit later. The, the, so I said, no, no, it's the 12th. Something's going to happen on the 12th. And then, oh, I think the 15th, all the planets will align to the stars and something should be right, right about there. We can contest this thing. I think we all thought that something would happen before the inauguration. We really felt that somebody would intervene, somebody potentially, maybe God Almighty, somebody would intervene with this thing. There's no way they were going to give the keys to the car to Biden and the Marxist left, right? Is that what we thought? Pretty much, right? And do you remember I kept saying, and I, and I said it many countless times to y'all, well, listen, <laughs> we got to get it right. And whether the six comes and goes, because people were really starting to get loose and really stressful, crazy time. And then the 20th, and I said to you all, I said, well, listen, we got to get it right. We have an obligation here for that. And if the six comes and goes and the electoral votes come and go and the 20th and the inauguration come and go and they change the paint and the wallpaper in the White House come and go and all of that happens, well, so what? If we find out in June or July, because we felt like, okay, this would all churn at some point and we'd have the evidence to be able to present to the American people, to we the people. And, and we the people are the masters of this thing. Remember that. <laughs> we control these puppets. We just got to get back in that seat to do that. And so we, but that was what I said. It did, and we, it, you know, it would be, a, a, yeah, historical moment for sure, but a very interesting moment. And we'd have to have a special vote and we would, we would just cross that bridge. But and we would have to have a change of power, even though the power, the levers of power began to move in Washington, D.C. And I'm talking about with all the federal agencies and all the bureaucracies. And it's a massive machine, people, far more than the framers ever thought it would be. This thing has become a it, it is a runaway loco moco, you know, for sure. 
And getting that back into the box is really going to be the tough thing we the people have got to do here ahead, I'll tell you. Uh, it's happened. You know, we've gone from Tom Brokaw's The Greatest Generation of World War I and World War II and all of that to my fellow Americans to the most screwed up generation the world has ever known. I say that not with proud and a jump in my step, but I'll tell you what, uh, it has really become a game of charades here. And we are letting the brass ring slip away by the moment. Uh, that's uh, some of the opening points here. And I want to bring on now here, Colonel Lawrence Sellen joins me for this conversation. And part of it is because he put a very striking op-ed up on the platform, which surely got attention, uh, restoring the Republic, a 2022 emergency presidential election. And in reading the piece, and I felt his conviction and where he was at, and I thought to myself, well, he has some multiple points here, for sure. And I thought back to my narrative, back to before January 20th, thinking that, well, whenever we get to the truth, we'll have to just reverse those powers of lever, the levers of power, and change things the way they need to be. And we would be better for it. Our republic would be better for it. Our cause of liberty would be better for it. You understand, people? I mean, we would be better for it. And it's okay. You know, this whole thing, this, this, this constitutional republic, it's not, it's not a, um, you know, it's not a perfect thing. It's not a perfect thing. That's all I'm saying. You know, we, 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 there are some faults within all of this. I mean, the framers did a hell of a job giving us what they gave us the best of the best, but there's a, we got to work with what we got now and fix it. A lot of things I would have put in the initial documents that were missed. Uh, but that's another story as well. Uh, Colonel Sellen, on this piece here, uh, you, you start off and you say, and I, I love this opening line, by the way, the people, you got to hear this, got to go read the op-ed first of all. It says here, you, you've heard the saying, elections have consequences. Well, how many times have you heard that in your, in your life, right? Well, he goes on and he it actually frames it up in a, in a beautiful way here. Elections have consequences, but stolen elections as we have experienced since November 2020, can have catastrophic consequences. And that statement rang in my ears for days because of the state of the abomination uh, speech there. Uh, it rang in my brain and I just couldn't get that, you know, the catastrophic, we're seeing the catastrophic consequences here uh, very much. You go on to say then Joe Biden is not president of the United States. He and those currently in power are usurpers, have stolen that power in a fraudulent election. Now, there's not a lot of talk these days about the election. The media, we, everybody has moved on. So let's start with this big picture. Listeners are listening. We're engaged. How, I mean, this is a momentous uh, point you bring up here. If this, and, and we can get into a couple of points here. I want to talk about a couple of states. I mean, let's talk about a little bit of election up front here, which we haven't done in a while, but what 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 is the um, I mean, what would it take? Because right now the narrative has moved. It's it's totally gone. It, you're talking. I mean, if we can't get them to audit anything, it seems. How would we get their attention? Well, uh, I think the first thing, Malcolm, that needs to be done is, as I say in the piece, uh, people need to uh, say out loud and say it often that. In fact, Joe Biden is not the president of the United States, that he's holding office illegitimately through a fraudulent election. And we we can't just get shouted down about that because it, it, free and fair elections 
are the hallmark and centerpiece of our constitutional republic. And if we lose that, uh, then the United States is actually no different than a government that is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, who every year rig their own elections. So I think that's the, the critical thing that we, we have to go back to the 2020 election. And unless that is resolved, I don't think we can address any of the problems facing the nation. Okay, so looking at that now, if, if my listeners would agree with what you say there, let me tell you straight out here, our, our people here, Oh, I hear that sentiment all the time, actually. They really do believe. The people you're talking to now, Colonel, they absolutely believe that Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. They believe that wholeheartedly. Everybody, probably you have a full class here that would be in line with that thinking. Now, proving it is another story, though. And so back to the contested election and where we're at now and trying to get these uh these levers to uh, reverse of power here. You also have a midterm. We're in a, another election year here now with these midterms right in front of us here that are significant right now. Uh, we've seen all the lies being told at the speech uh, the other day, basically because they know we're in an election year now. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, no, I don't want to defund the police. We believe in law and order. I mean, who would have thought that? I mean, come on. I mean, where do you think this stuff comes from? It comes from your party. But all of a sudden, all these narratives are changing because they know they can't win on this crazy communist agenda that they have forward here. And 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 a lot of it's out in the light of day. So how do we now? I mean, you don't think the answer. So let me ask you this. It, to recontest that right now, which is a big deal. And a lot of people would say, yeah, 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 let's do it. But over, and, and that would throw the Republic in turmoil like we've never seen before in our life, probably. Very interesting. And again, I've talked about this from the beginning that way, that is, the truth should be the truth. But it would throw this Republic in turmoil like we've never seen. Now, we've only had one year of this clown in office, as you know, and him and Kamala Kamala. And now three more years of this, I don't know what the hell the Republic's going to look like. Now, with the midterm, which is what your fear is, I'm assuming, Colonel, and like a lot of other people. But with the midterm now, let's say there was this big American wave that came about. I, I call it an American wave, not a red wave, but an American wave. So I'm looking for Democrats left of center. I'm looking for independents, looking for America to stand up and flush the toilet, you see, and begin anew. So how do we, but if that was a loud resounding, like a midterm, like we've never seen before, like, wow, like, Wow. Woo. Somebody turned the spotlight on, man. What would that do for the momentum of the Republic right now coming into the 2024 and all these policies, do you think? Well, I think it um, would probably at, at least slow down uh, what uh, Biden has been doing in, in office. Uh, it's not just, of course, the the fact that there was a fraudulent election, but it is what the Democrats have been doing with that fraudulent election, essentially the consequences of that fraudulent election, which is destroying the country. Now, I, I think if there's an overwhelming uh, Republican vote such that the House of Representatives and the Senate are, are turned over to the Republicans, there is the possibility then that uh, Joe Biden 
and even Kamala Harris can be impeached. And if, uh, for example, if President Trump is voted in as Speaker of the House and you don't have to be wow. a member of the House to be elected Speaker right. of the House, right. it's, it's always possible that um, President Trump could become president by impeaching both uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So th that's one scenario. But I, I think it's it's wow. I, I, probably unlikely because what really worries me is uh, the history of the Republican Party, the Republican establishment in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, since Biden has been in office in the past year, they have amounted no opposition whatsoever to everything that he's doing, including things that are uh, simply illegal uh, related to the uh, illegal aliens coming across the border and not enforcing uh, US law. So even if the Republicans take over both houses, I'm worried that they will not go forward with an impeachment of Biden. Uh, and they will simply, you know, pass laws like, you know, uh, uh, altering uh, particular uh, aspects of the tax code to benefit their donors and really not focus on what real, what needs to be done in the United States, which is protecting the middle class, for example, and, and, and sealing our Southern borders, all the critical things that is destroying the country that uh, Biden and the Democrats are implementing at the moment. So that's what really concerns me that we, even if the Republicans take over, they'll do as they always do, is simply be, uh, you know, essentially in partnership with the with the Democrats as a uniparty. Yeah, we've seen that the uniparty is alive and well for sure. And you're, you're right with everything you say there. Can't really contest any of that. Part of the reason of the problem is, uh, Colonel, is that Republicans uh, like the pomp and pageantry of tradition of political tradition and political tradition is that that's why Trump was such a threat to the establishment because he was doing new norms that were totally different rock the canoe kind of thing, uh, which is really where I come from. That's the flavor I enjoy the best. Uh, that's how we stay our best in life. I learned that from the corporate boardrooms, Colonel. I was a canoe rocker all the way. I was the guy who commended just change things. You know, on a Friday afternoon, there were times in the corporate boardroom, Colonel, I would live with a with a large agency. I would literally have over the weekend, all the furniture moved through the agency just so when they came back Monday morning, they wouldn't know where the hell they were sitting or what day it was. How do you like that? You know, so I definitely get Trump for sure. I understand because if you want excellence and if you want if you want to be innovative, uh, creative and you're really looking to strive for excellence, the only way to achieve that is by being way outside the lines. It's unconventional thinking. In fact, Colonel, it's how America got here. It's it's how we created some of the best inventions. It's who we are as a people. We're on we were unconventional in the way we thought and thinking. Things have become very predictable on the world stage now. There's a pomp and pageantry. You see what I'm saying? Do you, you know what I'm talking about here? And that that pomp and pageantry is is what they're all about. It's and you say it here actually in your piece. You say Republican leaders neither contest that view nor oppose the Democrat counterparts because they do not want to challenge the ruling class. There it is. There they want to join it. You're exactly right. They call them rhinos, but it's more than that even. But the GOP leadership has gradually solidified its choice to no longer represent what has been its constituency, but to adopt the identity of junior party partners in the ruling class. 
Uh, that makes this battle that much more serious, doesn't it, Colonel? Well, yes, indeed. Uh, Trump uh, is a populist, but more than that, Trump uh, was a threat or is a threat to the oligarchy, which is the uh, very few rich and powerful people that control the U.S. government. Now, I, I think this has been the case for a long time. There has been an oligarchy, and over time, we've developed what is known, popularly known as the deep state, which is the uh, you know, the bureaucracy that that really is, is, is running things in the background. Uh, but I think the real danger that has arisen in the last 10 to 20 years is the alliance of that American oligarchy, the few rich and powerful people who are controlling the U.S. government, that they're allied with these the globalists, uh, the people from uh, the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab's of the world. Uh, and this is, uh, they are also aligned with the Chinese Communist Party because all three groups, in my opinion, uh, believe in the same type of government, which is uh, state capitalism and, and totalitarianism. I sometimes refer to it as, as neo-feudalism, where you have a very few rich and powerful lords who control everything, control all the finances and the world government. And then you have billions of serfs who don't have individual liberty and don't even have individual property. And they, the World Economic Forum and the Klaus Schwab's of the world actually talk about that. They say we shouldn't have private property in the future. Um, you should be satisfied with just renting things. And that's the whole idea behind feudalism is 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 exactly that that the serfs don't own anything they don't have any individual liberty and a, few, a rich and powerful few are controlling the world so you have this alliance across the board that really doesn't believe in democracy or constitutional republics they don't even believe in nations they see the united states as simply a land and people to exploit mm, wow um you know, uh, you mentioned Klaus, uh, Klaus uh, Schwab there, and I'll tell folks, it's a very interesting video and piece, uh, to digress just a moment, on the platform from Dr. Joel Holmes, who's out of Europe, by the way, and it's the Young Global Leaders Program of Klaus Schwab trained Justin Trudeau. And there's a video in there, which is very striking, by the way. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, people, that we have on our feed here at America Out Loud. And, um, and it's clearly, you see the visuals and you see what's going on with Schwab and Trudeau. And now you see, it gets into that whole convoy discussion, all of that, you know, pretty wild. Um, let's talk about the election and how we would go about auditing anything, because we never really were able to get there to peel the onion on a potential audit. Every time the ball was moved forward, they would stop it in its track and it, it, we, we got nowhere. We have no support from, obviously, the oligarchs. We have no support from the media class, uh, social media class, none of it. They, they, they censor everything. In fact, if you were putting anything up to contest an election, they would censor you and throw you the hell off. I mean, this was definitely, you know, this was George Orwell 84 happening right here. I mean, with our current class here of, of smart asses that are running these tech companies. We have 28 Republican governors uh, in, uh, in 28, 20, uh, 28, I mean, that's the vast majority right there. 
Why didn't those 28 Republican governors, why couldn't we corral all that together, the power of those people? Because that's another thing that's in a great contest right now is states' rights. The federal government has gotten too big. They don't realize that it's, it's we who own them. They don't exist without us. The only asset, in fact, they're bankrupt, Colonel. They are, if you look at the balance sheet of the federal government, they are totally bankrupt. The only thing they have going for themselves is the American people. That's it. Without the American people and that mighty dollar and the class of people here, there's nothing left to this federal government. They're Zippo, Zappo, Crapo. I mean, it's nothing there. So, and the power that has been uh, taken from the states and the states are not standing up for their rights anymore. And all the power really comes to the states. It's in the constitution. It doesn't go to the federal government. Not at all. That's one of the problems we're having right now today. And that's what's gotten this train out of, out, of, out of whack here. So with 28 Republican governors, why don't we get those governors? Why couldn't we? That's really, I would think, the power. And I'd like you to opine on that. How would we go about getting an audit to debate this and to talk about back to the, uh, the electoral vote and really demand that at the state level? We can't even get those people organized, can we? No, we haven't been able to. I think you, you can see the examples in the swing states. Uh, we can start with, with Arizona, which is essentially a Republican Party uh, controlled state. Uh, Doug Ducey is Republican governor. Uh, the legislature is controlled by the Republicans. They did have an audit there. Uh, the uh, potential uh, criminal acts by the people involved in the election was passed to a Republican attorney general by the name of Mark Brinovich. Uh, and Mark Brinovich appears to be doing nothing about it. He's, uh, uh, in my opinion, he's simply stalling until the whole idea of audits in the 2020 election is overtaken by events. You see the same thing happening with the Republican leaders in Wisconsin, where it's crystal clear that the uh, absentee vote system within Wisconsin uh, was manipulated and uh, criminally so, uh, and there should the uh, election results in Wisconsin should have been thrown out already. Uh, There's a possibility they may be. We saw the same thing, of course, in, in Georgia uh, as a Republican governor uh, uh, by the name of Camp. Uh, and both those states, Wisconsin and Georgia, are, the legislatures are controlled by the Republicans. Uh, of course, we saw the travesty in, in Pennsylvania as well, and that was terribly shocking to me. The two shocking things are the, the, the two things that got me started thinking about a, and a fraudulent election uh, was uh, when Fox News called Arizona so early. Uh, there was something wrong with that. I, you know, being a re Republican state, in fact, I vote in Arizona. Mm. Um, you know, I couldn't believe that they called the state for Biden so early. The second thing was in Pennsylvania, uh, Donald Trump had an 800,000 vote lead, uh, essentially, when I <laughs> went to bed. And you got up and then uh, Biden wins the state. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just. On the face of it, it is unbelievable. What was it like? Uh, remind me, was it like 81 million votes he got or something like that, wasn't it? Uh, Biden, they yeah, said. well, they say Biden got 81 million votes. He got right. more than any other uh, presidential candidate wow. in the history of the United wow. States, you know, including uh, Barack Obama. He yeah. even exceeded that. So, 
I mean, it's so obvious. I mean, it's on videos for crying out loud. You have uh, people on videos who, who are repeatedly uh, scanning the same ballot over and over again. You have, you know, midnight drop offs of, of unaccountable ballots uh, going to the counting centers. I mean, you go on and on and on about the, uh, you know, not only just errors, but, you know, fraudulent fraud in the election and nothing is done about it. And this gets back to the whole issue is that they had to get rid of Donald Trump because Donald Trump uh, and people like Donald Trump, there are others, uh, they, he was a threat to this, uh, to the oligarchy that he would help the American people gain, regain control of their government, and these people didn't want it, including people in the Republican Party. So, uh, you know, unless we get into their faces, we have to do uh, every week, we have to do what the convoy truckers in Canada did, and hopefully what the convoy truckers in the United States will be doing over the next weeks. We need to get into the politicians' faces and not let up. The Democrats always win because they are persistent. Uh, on the other side, we are led by a Republican Party that will not challenge the Democrats at any level. Mm -hmm. And people seem to be uh, satisfied with the current Republican Party. The people who are not representing their voters, people like Governor Kemp, uh, in Georgia or Governor Ducey in Arizona and the, you know, in particular, the Republican attorney general in Arizona, Mark Brinovich, they need to get thrown out of office and never be elected to anything again because they're not representing uh, their constituency. So we just can't let up. We have to have a constant pressure against these people. Yeah, you know, uh, back to stuffing ballot boxes and that sort of things, uh, Colonel. I, let's tell uh, folks, I don't know if you're aware of this, but one tell listeners right now, uh, Dinesh D'Souza has a movie coming out that's called Mules. I don't know if anybody knows that. This is brand new news. I mean, I've been talking to him about this. Uh, he'll We'll have him on the program here. We, we just uh, texted each other last night. Um, and uh, he is, uh, talks about the stuffing of ballot boxes. It's a very, very compelling um, uh, trailer. I'm going to get the trailer up on the platform. But he uh, speaks about in, the, in this uh, film that he's got the evidence of the mules. And, uh, and it's fascinating what he's put together. It's quite a bit uh, interesting of, of, uh, of a movie uh, to bring awareness to the public on that, um, about the stuffing of ballot boxes here. So I'll, I'll be filling you in more on that. But, but you know, Dinesh has been on this as well, firmly believes that uh, this thing has been stolen as well here. Um, in uh, recent news, uh, Colonel, in the last many days, uh, Maricopa County, uh, in fact, there was a, um, a report on this from just the news uh, just a couple of days ago, in fact, a pretty hot uh, story. Uh, it, it was a study of the Maricopa County's mail ballots in the presidential election again, 2020, um, that estimated, now listen to this, uh, that more than 200,000 ballots were mismatched, signatures were counted without being reviewed or, or cured. Uh, more than eight times the 25,000 signatures or mismatches requiring current uh, the curing uh, acknowledging by the county, if you will. 
Uh, we're talking a couple of million of the two million early vote and mail ballots that Maricopa County received and counted in the 2020 election. The county reported again 25,000 of 1.3 had signature mismatches that required the Kieran, uh, but only 500, two percent of those were confirmed mismatch signatures. Uh, so, as they're looking at the percentages, when you start to look at this potential fraud, and you got to remember, Colonel, all the uh, all the um, rules were changed because of COVID. It was the perfect, uh, uh, you know, premise to be able to exploit the election, and they did it very successfully, changing all the rules. Many of them were unconstitutionally changed, but they did it uh, in the all under the guise of the sky has fallen, COVID, COVID, COVID. And we got to, you know, so if you're dead, you can vote. You can vote three, four times. Doesn't matter if that's your signature. I mean, ballot harvest to your heart's content. Everything was permissible, acceptable and uh, acknowledged, uh, supported, uh, if you will. That all added to the mysteries here of voter fraud in a big, big way and left people very, very uncomfortable in the Republic for sure that things could not really be on the up and up. So it did look like something was happening. And back to a lot of this still being exposed, like uh, D'Souza's film and all of that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to continue this conversation. In fact, D'Souza's film may bring more and more of this out, quite frankly. Uh, so the Arizona thing looks like there could be a real problem there as we've suspected there would be all along based on these numbers, because that's far more votes than what he supposedly won that election with. Uh, and, and there are other things. And, and of course, Trump came out at CPAC and he said just the other day uh, that uh, uh, the collusion between big tech and the Democrats effectively rigged the outcome of the 2020 election. Well, it's hard to, hard to deny that, isn't it, Colonel? I mean, it does seem that way, doesn't it, that the Big tech and all of the other guys, they were. And now we see the evidence from Facebook and Twitter and all of the uh, uh, Google. The, and they all talked about it years before when Hillary lost that they were going to, you know, make sure this never happened again. So what the hell are we missing? I mean, is it, I mean, any logical person can see that this thing is it's not exactly a Nancy Drew mystery at this point, is it? No, you're absolutely right, uh, Malcolm. I think what we're missing is is anger and persistence. Uh, now, uh, I, again, I don't think we should let up on the 2020 election issue. I think uh, Denise D'Souza, his, uh, his movie will be hel very helpful in motivating people. But yeah. we have to keep the, uh, the talking about this. We have to keep saying that Biden is an illegitimate president. We have to keep uh, the uh, audits going and, and news about the audits going. Uh, but simultaneously, and, and this gets to the heart of, uh, of my articles, uh, you know, we may not be able to go back in time and, and uh, re-adjudicate the 2020 mm -hmm. election, but we can certainly say there is enough evidence to show that it was a fraudulent election and the people who are now in charge are destroying the country. And therefore we do need a, an emergency presidential election in 2022, because we can't wait for uh, 2024. There's so much destruction going on being caused by uh, Joe Biden and what I consider a communist led Democrat party uh, that we need to begin to restore our constitutional Republic now. So I think the evidence uh, is there that it was a fraudulent election. We need to keep the pressure on. But 
you know, I don't think there's anything that necessarily prevents uh, having a presidential election in 2022. I wonder what it would take to get those gears in motion right now. Boy, I'll tell you what, it would take an awful lot of we the people, wouldn't it? Huh? Huh. Yeah, no, well, I, you know, if the thing that really huh. triggers the Democrats and triggers the opposition to is what uh, the Trump movement are, are, are exactly talking about the illegitimacy of the 2020 election. And when I floated the argument uh, on, on Twitter about a, an emergency presidential election in 2022, the, the, you know, the Democrats, the opponents on Twitter went crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they, you know, they're, they're, they're absolutely trying to, uh, you know, not only uphold a fraudulent election in 2020, but they, they want to maintain the type of voting system that we had in 2020 so they can guarantee Mm -hmm that, uh, you know, they'll win every election in the future because these people, they're not interested in a constitutional republic. They're not interested uh, in democracy. What they're interested in is a one-party totalitarian state. And you can see it by their actions. They're doing everything possible, including bringing in all these illegal aliens to become new Uh, Democratic voters, so they win every election in the future. But they also want everybody who opposes those kinds of things to shut up. And they're, you know, they're talking about uh, criminalizing free speech in the United States. And we see that, you know, going on uh, right now in real time. Yeah, when you connect the dots, you really can't uh, dispute anything you just said. I'd love to say to you, you're wrong somewhere on what you just said, but it's really, you're right. When you connect the dots and you see all the current policies and all the things that are happening right now, yeah, I mean, it should be pretty clear to everybody that they are not interested in this constitutional republic for sure. They have no interest at all in it. They have no interest in a constitution, period. And to be sure, just look at the policies and the things they're doing. I mean, the writing is right there. You don't have to make this stuff up. It is happening and just by looking at their current day policies and the things they're doing. They are, as you point out, Colonel, creating a lawless society uh, in something that's like a bad futuristic film movie that's gone bad that you think would never happen here on our beautiful nation. And yet it's happening in real time as the frog gets hotter and hotter in the pot there. And we think, wow, uh, when is the frog going to jump the hell out? I guess is basically, and by the way, on that rejudication on the stolen election, I want to, uh, two, two quick things before we move to this other big uh, uh, battle here. Uh, and that is the Wisconsin Supreme Court has ruled uh, their election regulators uh, unlawfully. Now unlawfully is un- that be underlined there <laughs> allowed tens of thousands tens of thousands of absentee voters to skip voter ID checks by claiming they were um, confined by the pandemic without suffering from a disability. So they just got a green pass. And Wisconsin's Legislative Audit Bureau found numerous other rule changes that were made that were not approved by the state legislature to, to the point I made earlier, Colonel. There it is right there. And Arizona, the audit called into question more than 50,000 ballots cast in the November 2020 election, while in Georgia, state election officials have uncovered, listen to this, such widespread mismanagement in vote counting in Fulton County, 
okay, that they have begun a process now, this is striking, to have the state run future elections in, in, the, in that locality that includes the corrupt city of Atlanta. Is that wild? Yeah, it's wild indeed. I mean, the whole thing is, is uh, you know, just ridiculous to me because uh, it's all unconstitutional on the face of it. it mm -hmm. the, uh, according to the U.S. Constitution, the states run the elections. That's and right. the, the, the elections are, uh, the election rules are determined by the state legislature. Not Congress, and, not Congress, not, not the federal Congress government. And, and not the bureaucracy of the right. states so what That's happened right. was mm -hmm. in the 2020 election new rules were made up by by the uh mm -hmm. bureaucracy in each That's state right. none of the rules about you know mail-in ballots and and all the other uh changes that were introduced none of them were passed by the state legislatures which makes them you know a priori unconstitutional because it has the state legislature makes the rules for the election. And all these rules that were implemented for the 2020 election were not passed by the legislatures, but by bureaucratic fiat. So the, the whole thing is unconstitutional, yet it, it, it is all you know being ignored. And it's been pushed under the carpet. And that's the bigger point here, Colonel, that it's been pushed under the carpet and people have short memories. And like you say, we moved on to the next headline. And now we see what's what here. Uh, well, let me remind folks now we're speaking with Colonel Lawrence Sellen here on The Voice of a Nation. And uh, his piece now, the, the op-ed, uh, Restoring the Republic a 2022 emergency presidential election. And that's was his point just moments ago, that that is exactly what he's saying. It is time to have a presidential election here in 2022, uh, which is striking. I mean, it, but everything that's happened is that way. So it's an interesting way to look at it, though, and I, I really compliment uh, Colonel Sellen for this, uh, for uh, thinking it through, because what we've got to do is have uh, surely law and order, but we've got to have, um, you know, how do we say, uh, a plan, a plan, uh, uh, calm seas. I don't know how we're going to have calm seas through any of this, frankly, uh, because, uh, you know, they're tearing the, the Republic apart but limb by limb here. Uh, but it is an interesting thing. Uh, it's got to, it would take the states would have to push, those 28 uh, Republican governors would have to stand very tall. Because without 20, that's your division right there, 28 uh, and then uh, 22 are Democrats and the other couple are independents or uh, whatever, communists. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you would need the, and that would stop everything. There's enough momentum in the 28. If you could connect and unite, I think that's where the power is going to be. If you could connect that to those red states, the, the, the Republican governors and those uh, conservative minded patriotic people uh, who believe in the Constitution, that's where you'd have a shot here to get back to states' rights because they could st shut the whole farm down. They could stop it right there. And that, that's the power right now. But it comes back to who are those leaders and do they have what it takes, uh, to uh, put it kindly, <laughs> Uh, do they have what it takes to be able to do this and really turn this thing around? Well, that would be interesting, though, and that would change a lot of things if we could get it right and fix this thing as a people 
and where we're at. Now we see the battle going on in the world. And, you know, there's a lot of talk also, and I want to get the Colonel's opinion in a moment about uh, the Ukraine-Russia. It's a David and Goliath fight. If there ever was one, it's happening right there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk uh, that this is, uh, people are really thinking, I don't know, that this is another distraction is all it is. Uh, and there are people who really believe that and that it was to get your minds off everything else. Because if you notice, we're also not talking about a lot of other stuff. All the attention now is on Ukraine because they can only do one story at a time when they beat that into your brains, you see. And so now people are thinking uh, something's not right with that. And people are starting to go down those roads. And I, I don't know, man. Wow. It's hard to believe. But there's so much here. Uh, you know, listen. Throughout all of this, again, I, I, I tell you, the quality of life is so important with all of us here. And as, as we're speaking here with the Colonel Sellen on the Voice of a Nation, I want to remind you all to take care of yourself out there because it doesn't happen if we don't take care of ourselves as patriots. I've always taken a lot of pride here at America Out Loud. As I said to you last couple of days, we're going to have the most healthiest listeners on the planet here. And I've been telling you about the Genesis Fogger and all of that. You've been listening to me. Uh, these are all things to prevent a lot of these uh, pathogens and viruses and that sort of thing happening for sure. But the other thing I want to bring to your attention is healthy cell. I've been taking healthy cell for four years. I really believe in it. And that's why so many of our listeners, I mean, a lot buy healthy cell. We, we see it. We see it. And it's because and that's why we're on the front lines here with it. I took it well before COVID because I understood the value of an important uh, the healthy immune system, how valuable, how important that was. You know, a lot of people think I have a lot of energy, Mr. Out Loud. And the way I keep that energy is by taking care of myself. And I'm very conscious of that, actually. As you know, I walk several miles a day, uh, really take care of uh, it's important. That's what we all and I want to encourage you to do that as well out there. Uh, so I take the focus. Um, a lot of people have brain fog from COVID. That's a gel. It's a gel. You can put it in a few ounces of water. It's really terrific. And uh, that helps you with your, your brain, your cognitive abilities, that sort of thing. That's really, really good. I take the AM PM product, which is two in the morning, two at night. I take that every day as well. Uh, so our listeners get 20% off the first order. Just use the code out loud. Uh, HealthyCell.com forward slash out loud is how you get that. We'll take a pause. We'll join you just in a moment here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Is a record player the best way to listen to music? Of course not. So why are you still taking vitamins that haven't been upgraded since the 1930s? Even if your vitamins aren't hard to swallow, it's time to upgrade to Healthy Cells pill-free, patent-pending microgel supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. They taste great, convenient on the go, and they're more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, -E -L -L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. It's time to rethink COVID disinfection. A study by Harvard, Drexel, and Virginia Tech concluded, we don't have a single documented case of COVID transmission through surfaces. The reality is that COVID spreads mainly through the air, 
Shared air is the problem, not shared surfaces. The solution is the Genesis Fogger, which uses natural HOCL to disinfect both air and surfaces simultaneously. It's perfect for home or business. NIH says HOCL may well be the disinfectant of choice for coronaviruses. There's nothing more natural or more effective. Genesis fogs at the precise particle size to combat COVID and other harmful pathogens. It's what's missing from your disinfecting protocol. Visit genesisfogger.com. America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at genesisfogger.com slash OUTLOUD. You just, if you follow the pattern of conversation that uh, Colonel Lawrence Sellen and I have been having, some of these stories, while isolated, you might say to yourself, well, come on, Malcolm, what the hell are you selling here? You know, what brand of cornflakes are you, are you eating? I mean, but you see what it is? Here, here's the thing, please. It, it's the collective of information. When you start to collect all of this information, you see, that's where the data comes in. And you look at all of the moving pieces on the chessboard. Well, my fellow Americans and to our friends around the globe, they all point one way. And it's not a way we all want to take. And you all out there know, our Australian friends, a lot of Australians listen to the program here. They know what I'm talking about. They're, they're under siege out there uh, in such a d- depressive environment of what's happened out there from those globalists out there. New Zealand's having trouble throughout Europe, struggling like hell. You know, and these are areas that shouldn't be struggling with this sort of thing. So this has been a worldwide event here, what's taken place in the last couple of years. Uh, remarkable. You know, President Ronald Reagan, he, he stood up to the Soviet Union and he changed history back in 1987, for sure. In many ways, people are thinking uh, the Ukraine President Zelensky is confronting the evil empire once again in 2022, uh, if that is all what it is. And I'm seeing a lot of different reports about this now. Things are starting to get a little little soupy, I guess, within uh how people are viewing this Ukraine thing. Colonel Selen, how, how, what are you seeing on people's minds out there within the military and on the streets? Um, what do you, how do people feel? Are you seeing a lot of reports where people are now questioning the Ukraine battle and President Zelensky itself, or am I speaking out of turn for that? No, I, I think you're right, Malcolm. People are questioning, uh, well, they're, they're saying, how, how did we get into this situation? So I think there's certainly a lot to be analyzed in terms of how we got into this situation, because it seems to me that we created this um, anti-Russian hysteria over the last uh, five years, uh, yeah. in particular by the Democrats and the media who stoked this uh, anti-Russian hysteria, starting with the Trump Russia uh, collusion hoax. So I I think it's reached the point where actually many Democrats and media people uh, believe that everything bad happening in the world is somehow connected uh, to Vladimir Putin. Uh, So there's that point where where we have this unnecessary Russian hysteria really for domestic purposes. But then, of course, you have the connection between uh, the Democrat people in the Democrat Party and Ukraine, in particular the Ukrainian oligarchs, or you know the rich and powerful people in Ukraine who are you know paying Hunter uh, Joe Biden's son uh, Hunter 
you have that relationship, which uh, in, in a way uh, didn't uh, didn't uh, work well in terms of uh, practical U.S. foreign policy, but became part, um, you know, of a profit-making scheme by certain uh, people in the United States, and and really uh, changed. Uh, or wasn't an objective uh, uh, analysis of our, our in terms of our foreign policy. So you had both of those things working at the same time. And, and now we've ended up in a situation where um, Russia has felt aggrieved and they felt that their, their uh, economic and national security interests were not being addressed. At the same time, we were encouraging uh, Ukraine that uh, don't worry, you can join NATO and we'll take care of everything. And what happened was that uh, Russia invaded the Ukraine and uh, the Ukraine was essentially uh, left alone. So what we have what we have now in the United States, is, you know, in, in the media is the country is so polarized on these issues that I just mentioned. Right. Uh, it's affected the Ukraine debate itself and what is being offered for the most part is a choice of extremes either war with russia or doing nothing and you know it's my opinion that you know the proper course in ukraine is a middle course yes russia was wrong to invade ukraine and as long as ukrainian people wish to resist the russian invasion they should be given arms ammunition and vital supplies but the united states and nato should not directly engage Russian, Russia militarily, mm -hmm. because that could escalate things significantly. Sanctions are appropriate. But having said that, I think we have to go back and recognize that uh, at least listen to Russia's economic and security concerns. But unfortunately, that cannot be done while Russian troops are operating inside Ukraine. So you know, that's the situation as I see it. At, at how moment. concerned are you for how, how concerned are you? You mentioned Vladimir Putin a moment ago and the hype around all that. You're right. He would be, people think, the most evilest man on the planet. How concerned are you about Vladimir Putin? Well, I'm concerned about him. He's a dictator. Uh, he's, uh, you know, very aggressive. I think what he's trying to do in a large part is reestablish the Soviet Union, at least geographically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that has a lot to do uh, with his invasion of Ukraine. But, you know, this is very characteristics of, of how the Russians have acted uh, in the past. The present situation, this invasion of Ukraine by Russia is, to me anyway, strikingly similar to the Russian invasion of Finland in 1939. Mm. The same types of arguments uh, being made by the Russians, Putin today, for example, that uh, you know, he's concerned about security issues and, and you know, neo-Nazis right. in, in Ukraine is the arguments he's been making. These are basically the same arguments that Stalin Interesting. made Interesting. in 1939 against Finland, that uh, he was concerned about the security of Leningrad and the surrounding area. And he was afraid that uh, Finland, even though it was a neutral country, staunchly neutral country, he was afraid that uh, Finland would be used by the Germans for an invasion of uh, 
of the Soviet Union. So what he did was invade Finland. And it, it's the same situation uh, happened then is happening now. The Russians thought they were going to win within a week. Uh, and they didn't. They got mm -hmm. bogged down and they were essentially defeated by Finland, even though Finland lost territory, remained independent. So we're seeing the same situation now. Some of the uh, the uh, released the leaked documents uh, from the Russian military shows that they expected Ukraine to have capitulated by February 26th, mm -hmm. which is almost a week ago now. Right, right. And they didn't. They're putting up a staunch resistance. So we're seeing in many respects, a replay of, of the Russian invasion of in Finland in 1939 and the same mistakes being made by Vladimir Putin in the Ukraine. Let me ask you your opinion about uh, Zelensky here. Um, he says that, uh, he, well, he says he and President Biden have good communication, but he says it's a pity is the word he uses, pity. I'm sure you've seen this in the last many hours, the last day or so that the support came after Russia invaded Ukraine. Do you think our country, do, did everybody really, were they in denial that uh, Putin would pull the lever on that? Do you think they, they were in denial or do you think ever, that we knew he was going in? Well, I think a lot of people were in denial. I think a lot of people were su surprised that uh, Putin actually uh, did invade uh, Ukraine. There was certainly evidence that he, the, the tr Russian troops and, and material uh, and weapons were being uh, forward deployed, mm -hmm. uh, both in Belarus and along um, the eastern uh, border of Ukraine. So that was that was clear, you know, weeks in advance. But I, I don't okay. think even I don't even think Biden believed that uh, Putin would actually pull the trigger. Right. Right. I, I think there was a, a little denial there. Let me let me circle this with you. This is important here. Um, you know, I have felt all along, as I shared with you on the weekend, that the only way to get to an end result of this is to get Putin to the table. Uh, this is the only way this is going to have any kind of an outcome. Uh, and I think the world leaders are playing their hand wrong. And I know a lot of people, and probably you as well, believe that we should give them everything. We should cripple them, sanctions. And I'm just not sure that's going to be the most effective way. In fact, I can tell you right now, since we've come on air in the last many hours, I had a report just now moments ago in my hands uh, that uh, he is uh, testing the Northern Pacific Fleet, uh, is carrying out nuclear training exercises. Again, he is backing the world down. He is telling the world to screw off is what he's saying. And in fact, internal, I've also have reports, Intel, by the way, from a, a very secure intelligence uh, a partner here, a Colonel, that the inside of the Russia, the, the FSB, uh, they're getting increasingly worried about what he may do next. Now, that is actually good news to me there. What do you say to all that? Well, I think there's, there's certainly a danger for Putin uh, of a coup in Moscow. There, uh, as you correctly point out, this that would be a blessing, opposite. wouldn't it? That'd be that'd be huge right now, right? I mean, that's what we need. Well, I think it it could put a, a very quick end to this conflict in U Ukraine because, mm -hmm. of course, Putin has been driving this from the beginning. So, right. if there's opposition within Russia uh, against Putin, and I think there likely is, and it's just going to get worse for Putin over time. I think time works against him. Uh, they didn't have the blitzkrieg in Ukraine that they expected to have. The Russian military is, is, is largely 
bogged down into right. essentially what is. Well, here's the thing, Colonel, the closer he gets to the edge of these threats of nuclear exercises and threatening the world, i got to believe the best thing we have going right now is the people around it, because this is one man that is in control of a massive nuclear arsenal that is the size of the only of what we have here. And he would change humanity as we know it with that one decision. And God forbid we are in this lifetime uh, that that would happen. I, I think with that, I, I, I believe these people in a circle, they, they've got to have families and children and other things and can't, hopefully all, they all don't have screws loose and mentally deranged as they've been calling the, the leader there. Um, and hopefully somebody would take him out the coup, as you say, suggest right there. Now, I have to tell you one other footnote I want your opinion on real quick, and then we, we've got to wrap up here, but is Zelensky. He came out and said, uh, uh, he's asking, well, they've had these meetings so far, which I, I was striking that Russia, while they were bombing everything, they were still wanting to have meetings. I thought that was quite a thing. Of course, it, was, it looked like a bunch of trickery, the first one, because he sent low-level cabinets there. But now they're doing it again. And Zelensky said he wants to meet with Putin. He said, sit down with me to negotiate, just, just not at 30 meters an apparent reference to the long table that has appeared in recent images of Putin with other world leaders. He's got this massive table. It's ridiculous. He said, I don't bite. What are you afraid of? Zelensky said, any, any, any words are more important than shots. What do you say to that here? Well, I think uh, Zelensky is hitting the ball into Putin's uh, corner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think he's, he's, he's actually uh, challenging Putin in terms of, you know, do you want peace or you just want to, you know, uh, a slaughter uh, in in Ukraine, I'm, you know, for both sides. So uh, I, I think this is a, a, a I think he was right to to say that we and you're right in pointing out that uh, progress will be made if there's a direct negotiation between Zelensky and and, and Putin. So we just have to wait and see whether that is, you know, what Putin's response is. But if you uh, again, to something that you just brought up about a potential coup, there was a meeting between Putin uh, and his generals uh, at that long table that you uh, mentioned. That's right. That's right. Uh, and, you, and you just had to look at the body language yeah. and, and the faces that the generals were making to know that they were not uh, at all pleased with uh, their discussion with Putin. So, mm -hmm. you know, we could be on a coup watch in Moscow. Mm, wow. Wow. Is, is, is Last question. Is Zelensky for real in your opinion? I think so. I think he's, a, you know, Good. a genuine uh, Ukrainian patriot. And uh, I think so far he's uh, acted as a as a real national leader should. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I wanted to ask you that. Uh, Colonel Lawrence Sellen there. Uh, great uh, conversation. Uh, so appreciate him. Um, Restoring the Republic, a 2022 emergency presidential election is on America Out Loud. Now give that a read, please. And uh, and, and tell folks about that. Uh, there's a whole lot there. Some great, great pieces up on the. Again, remember to share the Out Loud Truth people from sea to shine and sea and really around the globe, because our audience really is a 
global audience. Uh, we have so many listeners from around the globe who do tune into America Out Loud. They love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, listen, uh, a lot we covered here. Some pretty good insight at the end here with um, uh, the Colonel regarding Zelensky and some information I shared with you on Putin. Uh, quite fascinating. Uh, we'll continue to peel this and, and watch it as it happens on the high seas, my fellow Americans. And to our friends around the globe, thank you for being with me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud.